0: being a good soldier. Y'all remember that's been a while now because we had some interruptions cuz I was going to finish it and then Eric West came and did his uh, message to us which was a real blessing if you weren't here last Wednesday night I encourage you to get that tape or if you were here get the tape and listen to it again. Hallelujah. There was lots of good stuff in that. And I praise God for it. I praise God for... uh, You know, sometimes you just have to be reminded of the things that you even already know. And just be stirred up again. You know, uh, Paul uh, 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 told Timothy, said, stir up the things that are already in you. He didn't say, I'm going to give you some new things. He said, stir up the things that are already in you. Amen? And so, uh, there's been a lot put in us and you for throughout the years. And uh, sometimes we have to stir them up, though, and remind ourselves that, you know, we're in harvest season. We've got the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, we were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago then about being the army of God. You know, we talk a lot about being the family of God, but really, only one time in the New Testament is the word uh, is it really referred to that we are a family. God gives us lots of natural illustrations. He talks about uh, the, the body of Christ; that we are like a, a physical body. You know, He gives us that illustration. He talks about uh, uh, He compares the uh, body of Christ, the the church to to marriage remember in Ephesians where he compares it to marriage, and uh, and and he talks about that. He talks about the fact that he mentions that that we're the family, uh, the whole. He says in Ephesians, I think it's three fifteen that says uh, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We 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 all have one father, don't we? God the Father. We all have been fathered by the same Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Like Pastor Buzzy says, we've been refathered. Glory to God. When you have got born again, you got a new father. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. So anything in your natural inheritance that would be there, just don't receive it. Just don't receive it. Don't say, well, you know, I have to have this because my father or, you know, my mother. She, even in the way we act, in the negative sense, we shouldn't receive. Now, there's some good things that are in my family that I want to receive. There's some good things that are passed down. But then there's a whole bunch more that I don't want to receive. Amen? From my side, from... um from my my family and so I, I just have been refathered I don't receive those negative things hallelujah I don't have to act like my mother I don't have to have the same problems that my mother and dad had in their marriage I don't have to carry those things forward right I don't have to you know I, I broke the curse. Hallelujah. I broke the curse that was passed down from my grandfather and my father and, 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 and into my generation. I broke that curse and I said, no, that won't pass into my boys. I won't, We won't have that passing. We're breaking that with the blood. Hallelujah. So break those things because you've been re-fathered. So he talks about us being a family. But even more emphasis and very is put on the fact that we're an army and yet we don't talk about being an army very much. Seemed like when we were younger in Sunday school we talked about it more. Because you know in Sunday school you learned a little song, I'm in the Lord's Army. Do y'all remember singing that? I may not. Ride in Calvary or something. Shoot, the artillery. I don't know. I don't have the whole thing. I, it's been a long time since I've been to Sunday school, but anyway, we we were kind of taught we were in the army, and so um, but uh, we we don't aren't taught that much. That, but we, we truly, there, we are an army. We're a we're an end time army, hallelujah, and we have a divine assignment on us both individually and corporately. This is a this corporate body that God has put together here, Word of life church in Tuscaloosa County. Uh, 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 and when I say Tuscaloosa, you know, I want you to realize I realize that this church is not in Tuscaloosa city limits. but God showed me one day how he looked at it, and he looks at it as Tuscaloosa, the whole county is just he doesn't look at it like, oh this is you know he doesn't look at it in pieces and parts. Hallelujah. He gave us, when when he told us, I'm going to give you, I'm giving you Tuscaloosa. We know we've been giving it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's, it's our assignment. Tuscaloosa, and that includes the whole county, is our assignment. Amen? Now, he might increase that later, but it's our assignment. And because you've joined yourself to us and to this church, our assignment is Tuscaloosa. And we have different... Um, Uh, 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 ways that we're going to carry out that assignment than other churches. Other churches are, you know, are here too by divine assignment. I'm not saying every church in Tuscaloosa is here by divine assignment, but many of them are. Amen? Many of them are, and then they split five times after that. Do you know what I'm saying? You can tell when there's a Baptist church every two miles, somebody's got a strife problem. Because you all see what I'm saying? Because they split, form another one, split, form another one, split, form another one, and a lot of that's not even strife. Some of it's Baptist way of thinking. I was Baptist, so I can say this. They think that way. You, if you aren't Baptist, you may not realize. But Baptists have a neighborhood mentality. They have a mentality that you go to church in your neighborhood, you know, and you don't you that, you don't drive 20 miles to go to church if you're ba- No, you have a neighborhood mentality. So a lot of it's just. But some of it, when you go down two miles and start a church, now that's strife. You know what I'm saying? That's just... Okay, so neither here nor there, but many of the churches here have a divine assignment. And they're not the same as us. You don't, not every church is supposed to do the same thing. The assignment from heaven is not the same for every church. And we talked about two weeks ago what we're best at. The the anointing of God on this church is to teach the Word. It's not just on the pastors. In fact, anything that's anointing on the pastor will flow down to the other members. So there's anointing on you to teach the Word. Hallelujah. The children's ministers are anointed to teach the Word. The nursery. I mean, Linda Pate went up there one time with her granddaughter and she said, Man! You know, they teach the Word up there. It was so good in the nursery. Yeah, even in the nursery, uh, we're teaching the Word. And not even as much as we'd like to. I mean, you can only do as much as your staff to do. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but uh, we have an anointing to teach the Word. We're anointed to teach youth. We don't have very many of them to teach right now, but we're anointed to teach them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So anyway, that's one of the main things that... uh, the anointing on now, some churches you say, Well, all all churches should teach the word, but uh, definitely understand people that aren't taught are not going to be strong, but uh, <clears throat> and so uh, but some churches have a, a real missions emphasis, they take short term mission trips and go, and, and it's God's call on their life. And and many churches, this is us, have uh, and and you know. Uh, just because you haven't seen the full manifestation of it doesn't mean that we're not anointed to do it. But one of the big calls of God on this church is prayer. Hallelujah. Because you probably know more about prayer than most anybody else in town. Hallelujah. Because you've been taught a lot about prayer. If you've been in here any length of time, you've been taught a lot about prayer. And so, uh, <coughs> and maybe and soon we'll be doing some more of that. But anyway... Uh, so prayer is one of the big things, you know, that we have an anointing to do. i tell you something else we have an anointing to do is in the area of music. Now, you know, I know that there's churches that have huge choirs and, you know, all sorts of, you can have all sorts of paraphernalia and it still not be right. Because family, <laughs> our, our the, for music and praise and worship to be right, first of all, it's got to be truth. You can't sing songs that aren't true and it be anointed. Now, it can sound big and full, and you've got to be able to discern the difference between a big, full sound. I mean, you can take an orchestra, and you can put a big, full sound, and you can have uh, 2,200 people up here in a choir, and you can have a big, full sound. And I'm not even saying that sometimes they don't hit an anointing. I mean, sometimes they'll hit a song. But uh, if you're throwing in some unbelief in it, Hallelujah. And we're called to, take, to raise a new standard. Hallelujah. And so you think, well, wonder why they don't sing that song or this song. Well, sometimes we don't just because we don't. Sometimes we just don't sing songs because they're too wordy. We, we had a rule when we used to have a transparency thing. We had a rule if it took two, two, two transparencies. This was just our own rule. We didn't say it was God's rule. It was just too long, you know. Uh, One thing is if you have to just read words and read words and read words and read words, you are not focused on Jesus. You're focused on words. And that's why we like simple songs. Songs that after you've come once or twice and heard it, you ought to be able to get it. You know? because and sometimes people say well I just can't re- I still can't learn the words. Well that's because you've got this weakness. You're a you're ca- you're calling yourself you know like I'm weak. I can't remember words unless I have a transparency. Well, <clears throat> you know, yeah, we can. We can. You know, and I'd lie, I'm not against transparencies. The reason we don't pound one in this church this time is because it's like it's right out in the middle of the floor. There's just nowhere to put it the way this church is shaped. That we could find, we may discover, and we may have one. But anyway, the point is, <clears throat> the point is, is that for worship to be right, it's got to be truth. Hallelujah, glory to God. And there's no what God's not going to put His blessing on something that's not truth. Now I understand that you know there are songs that aren't truth that still stir stir our souls up. And why do they stir our souls? They stir our souls because they bring back memories and things of our childhood. They bring back fond memories. They're nostalgic to us. And so we get kind of, oh, I remember. You know, and, and sometimes we don't even know that we're responding out of our soul, but our spirit's not bearing witness. You can be responding out of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Your emotions be all stirred up over a song and just weep and cry. But your spirit's not bearing witness. Your spirit will only bear witness to truth. Amen? Because your spirit's alive unto God. Your spirit knows the truth. Your spirit's full of God. And so your spirit will bear witness to truth. And so, when you come here, when we sing, you may not like every song we sing, but one thing about it, it's truth. Hallelujah. Now, you know, some rhythms and some melodies I like better than others. Don't you, Kevin? I mean, some things just hit my nail on the head. I mean, boy, that just gets me going. That stirs me up. Some things do more than others. But the important thing is that we sing truth. So we have an anointing in this church, and it all hadn't manifested yet. Because we don't have a lot of instruments yet. We don't have a lot of singers yet. We don't even have professional singers. If your heart's right, God will anoint you. You don't have to have a trained voice. If you're a praiser and worshiper, God will anoint it because it's in spirit and in truth. So if your spirit's right, if you're in the spirit about it, you know you can't be. You're not re- God's not responding to you if you're there in the flesh. I mean you're there thinking about the the what you're going to have for lunch? How long's church going to last today? I sure am tired. Those are things that we have to we got to lay that stuff aside when we come to church. Amen. And we have to get in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. You know um this is <laughs> Well, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. This is not new stuff to you. But anyway, churches have assignments, hallelujah. And that's some of ours. That's not all of ours. One of our assignments in this church is to plant churches, hallelujah, to get the word. You know, our mission is this. Our mission is this. We've got a mission. Our mission is to reach every person in the world, and we can't stop till we've reached the whole world. Now, thank heavens we're not the only ones assigned to this. Hallelujah. But to reach every person in the whole world with the message of salvation, faith, and abundant life. Hallelujah. See, just reaching you with salvation is not enough. Why? Because you can be saved and still not understand faith, and still not under. I can't stop until you know. If I'm work, if I'm believing God to minister to you, I can't stop on salvation. I can't stop till you understand faith, until you are living the abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got a big mission. Hallelujah. And soon as I get you. Where you understand it, best about to get there on you, Kevin. We're just about to get there. I, you know, I can't stop. I can't say, well, that was my, that was my uh, assignment in life. No, i got to go to the next person. i got to come over here, and i got to make sure that Eric understands. Now, thank heavens I'm getting to work on several of you at one time here. I'm not having to do this on a strictly individual basis. But in other words, our mission will never be finished. Do you all understand? Till Jesus comes back. It's an ongoing mission. Hallelujah. And that's our assignment. And all armies have an assignment. The divisions, you know, they don't just have one big army and they say, now some of you go over there to Afghanistan. You know, no, there's definite assignments. You are put in divisions, right? If you go to the army, you're put in a division. Did y'all know everybody in the army isn't even a soldier? Hallelujah. In the true sense of the word. Now, if you're in the army, they call you a soldier, even if you just are filing papers in the office, probably. Don't they call them soldiers? And, you know, and certainly that's important, and we must have that. But um, (coughs) there are some that are truly soldiers. They're out there where it's hard. They're out there where it's tough. You know what I'm saying? Well, I want to tell you something. You're out there where it's hard, and and it's tough in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it, now, truly, it's abundant life. We're called to lead the abundant life. But how many of you know you've got to contend for it? There's somebody that's against it in this earth. Hallelujah. Um, uh, and truly, we're to have days of heaven on earth. The more revelation we have, the more we'll walk in that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But there's an enemy. Hallelujah. And you can't just go and file papers in this army. Be a clerk and say, well, you know, I just don't ever encounter the enemy. No, everybody encounters him whether they want to or not. You know what I'm saying? In this army, you know, the, the devil's no respecter of persons. With one thing I've noticed is there's not one person on earth that escapes the curse. I can guarantee you in this room, there is not one person on earth that the curse has not touched your body even today. You say, well, I, you know, I'm never sick. Oh, yeah, you have things. Some of them, might, you know, it's just not serious, but there's nobody in here that hadn't had a headache at some point. Hallelujah. The curse, that's the curse. There's an enemy. Amen? So you're in an army. Hallelujah. You have an assignment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We work better together than we could apart. Hallelujah. He set, he set us together in bodies. The Bible says it, that He sets the members in the body just as He will. We don't really have a choice about where we go to church. The army, the commander-in-chief. God is the the commander-in-chief, and He has a will. Now, there's a lot of people that are AWOL, that are absent without leave. There's a lot of people that are deserters. There's a lot of people that are doing that, but that doesn't mean it's right. Hallelujah. So there's a definite place for you. And that's where your blessing will be that's where you'll be fed, and that's also where your reward will be and it's not based on um it's not based on numer- numbers n- numerics it's not based on well we they don't have an orchestra there that doesn't have anything to do with your blessing there'll be a blessing where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. God will bless you in that place. Hallelujah. And not just spiritual blessings, but that's where your divine flow will be. That's where your prosperity will be. Amen. Hallelujah. And, 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 and that's where you'll do the most good. Hallelujah. That's where you'll, and I'll tell you, it's easier also when you're in your company. The Acts calls it a company. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In in Acts, it says... Well, we can turn over there. Hold your finger in Timothy. I believe it's Acts chapter 4, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is it Acts 4? Tell me what verse then, Kevin, since he knows. Acts 4.23. Thank you. And this is when uh, um, Peter and John um, were... uh, They had been uh, locked up and they had told them not to... uh, speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And uh, the believers, the saints, were praying. And then it says uh, in verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So they had their company and they knew who their company was. Amen? And so we're, we've been assigned. Hallelujah. So we covered that last time pretty good. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, uh, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You've been chosen to be a soldier. Amen? You've been chosen. Hallelujah! Now you had to enlist. You had God chose you, but you had to respond to His choosing. You had to re, you had to enroll. You had to get born again. Amen. You had to submit yourself to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're my Lord. Now show me where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And you know it's not enough for you to just say, Yeah, He's my Savior. No, He's got to be your Lord. Hallelujah. He's got to be your commander-in-chief. You know, God, if you send me to uh, the mission field, I'll go. If you tell me to uh, sell all I have and live in a little grass hut, you know, I'll do it. Well, hallelujah. I, I will tell you this, though. God will never... He, he may call you to sell all you have and move somewhere, but He'll never put you in a place where the Word doesn't work. And you. so He'll never put you in a place where you can't prosper. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Jerry Savell has taken the Word of God to Kenya where they were living in grass huts and those people now are living in in the Word. He taught the faith message to them. They're living in houses. They have cars. I tell you, God has prospered those people. The faith message works anywhere on earth. So you don't ever have to be concerned about um, doing anything God says. The Bible says in... Mark the book of Mark. I, I, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the chapter. I used to quote it all the time, but it says that no man, having left houses or lands, our mothers, our sisters, our brothers, our fathers—I may have got those a little out of order—for my sake and the Gospels shall not receive uh, eternal life and uh, a hundred and the hundredfold. Amen. In this age. In this age. Well, I got that all out of order. But the hundredfold's not for the eternal life part, but it's, uh, it's this age, a hundredfold. Hallelujah. So if God ever asks you to sell a farm or a house and do something for Him, hallelujah, He'll give you a hundredfold. He's going to bless you back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Pastor and I have many times given up houses. Now, that didn't mean that we had them in the free and clear and we were able to just sew them. That's never happened that we've been able to sew a house. But in one sense, we did sew houses because we freely said, we'll sell our house, we'll move for you, Lord. You know, and so... And, and many times uh, took what equity we did have and put it in the church uh, that, and put it in the, the ground. And God has blessed us many, many, many times over. We've sold cars. We've sold, uh, uh, I have so many pretty uh, household things, knickknacks and stuff. I mean, I do really have pretty things. But I've, you don't know how many I've sold and put the money in the gospel because there's been seasons where I had to release things. You know, family, we need to hold the things of this earth very lightly. Why? Because we're soldiers and we're in a war. You know, if you are on enemy lines in Vietnam, you weren't up there worrying about some little knick-knack in your house, were you? Well, that'd be kind of stupid to be on the front lines of a very dangerous war with a dangerous enemy and be worrying about some little clock that Grandma had in her house 200 years ago and it don't even work anymore. Because I say that because I got one that was great-grandma's and it don't work anymore, you know. Hallelujah. I'm I'm not a real sentimental person, and you may be, but sentiment is no. There's no place for sentimentality. That nearly sounds like something. That nearly sounds like a a spice or something. But there's no place for that in a war. Hallelujah. You know, there's no place for that. Many people have been. Killed and wounded and hurt badly because sentiment, if I'm saying that right, sent them running back into a burning house to get some little bauble that they didn't get when they died, they didn't get to take it with them. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So we've got to be army minded. We've got to be soldier-minded. We've got to think like soldiers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. So anyway, he said there in 2 Timothy 2, um, and you know when you're a soldier, when you're a soldier and you're on enemy lines, you'd give up any... You know, if God came to you and said, now listen, it's either that car or it's your life. There's nothing very... You know, there's nothing significant about things when you're in a dangerous battle. Now God, you know we preach in this church that God wants us to have things. We do, and I, we believe that with all our heart. We don't believe there's any th- way that God's not going to bless you with things if you seek first the kingdom of God. But at the same time, He expects us to hold them real loosely. Amen? They're to be available to Him at any time. You know, if the if a President... Um, in, the, in one of the wars we fought, maybe World War II, and I don't even know who was president then because I wasn't here. I'm younger than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, but anyway, if the president of the United States had called and said, he said, now Myron, if you will let us have, and you know, name some uh, material item that you had, if you'll let us have that, it'll, it'll cause the war to be won. For the whole United States, for the, actually the whole world was involved in, in that. It was called World War II. You know, the world was involved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or even in the Civil War, if they had called you and said, now it'll, if you'll let us have uh, this thing, it'll cause the, the army to be profited. Actually, they didn't ask. I've watched enough movies to know they didn't ask. They just came and took it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but anyway, you'd gladly say. I mean, you would. There's no. You would say, well, absolutely. There's no material possession I have that would be wouldn't that I wouldn't gladly give to see the the United States, the Union preserved, or to see uh, uh, the 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 world just to keep Hitler from taking the world or Mussolini. Absolutely. Well, family, that's the we're in a war. Hallelujah, and um. There's a, many times God needs what we have. And He has a right to it because you may think you got it for yourself, but you didn't. He gave it to you. He put it into your hand. And He expects you to be at the kind of soldier that says, Father, anytime you need it for anything, it's available to you. Do you see what I'm saying? If you need it, it's available. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just like anything I have, it's available to you. Glory to God. So we have to be loose about our things. Now, I wasn't always this way. I've probably told you all this before. No, I've told some of you. But I remember we first got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, we had a car I didn't like. Pastor had picked it out. It was a red two-door Cougar. He had wrecked my car, totaled it that my daddy bought me when I was a senior in high school. He totaled it. Y'all want me to say it again? He totaled it. <laughs> no, anyway. And so he picked out a red two-door Cougar, and I never did like that car. It was a Ford. No, I'm just kidding. It was one of kind of, wasn't it? Isn't that kind of a Ford? Okay. So anyway, I didn't. So we got filled the Spirit, and we wanted to buy a Suburban. And we bought our Suburban. And so, uh, uh, I mean, we hadn't had it a week. Boy, God will test you on things, you know. We hadn't had that brand-new Suburban but a week. And my mom and her husband, and this really isn't like them. I don't think they've ever borrowed a car from us since. Never had before. But they were going to Rio in New Mexico, and going to pull a fold-out camber we had with my grandparents. They were going to camp out. And they said, well, let us take your Suburban. It'll pull the... The camper better. And you know, something in me, that just, oh, that bothered me. Oh, that was my new car. I had hardly got to drive it yet. I mean, we just barely got it home and they're borrowing my new car. I don't think it was a week, really. And, uh, you know, I had to learn to let God have my stuff. That means, family, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I can let God have my stuff. But what about God's people? See, God doesn't need your suburban in heaven. But he needs sometimes his people. Hallelujah. And then also when we first got filled with the Spirit, and I'm kind of particular. I miss y'all kind of might have noticed that. On some things more than others. My house I'm kind of particular about. My car I'm not so particular about. Pastors real particular about the car. I get in trouble when I set my purse on the car. But anyway. But I'm particular about my house. And so God directed us when we got filled with the Spirit. You understand, back in 1980, there were no churches. No Spirit-filled churches. Just Pentecostal, like Assembly of God and stuff. And so He directed us. Nobody teaching the Word. He directed us to start a Bible study. So every Thursday night, we had a Bible study in our home. And pastor taught it. And we didn't know nothing. Nothing. We just got filled with the Spirit. We knew nothing. My grandmother knew a little more than us, and we had about 20, 25 people. About as many as was here this morning, actually. About as many as here tonight. We'd have them in our house every Thursday night. And you know, they came. How many of you know people can mess up stuff? And it wasn't the grown-ups as much as it was the kids. Because the kids would go to the back bedroom and lay waste. Hallelujah. You know, I had to learn God took that. God took that two and a half years of Bible study every Thursday night to get me where I could let my stuff go. And now I have people at my home. Now, I still am particular in the sense that I'm not a slob. I clean up. But there ain't nothing you could do to my house that would bother me. I can tell you it wouldn't bother me a bit what you did. Probably it's already been done before once. I know one time I had a lady's Bible study, and Pastor was talking about the asphalt, and a lady came in, and she sat in a chair, and we couldn't tell it. And she sat in a chair. We had the chairs in a circle. And, you know, she didn't mean to do this, but she sat there the whole time. You know how you'll sit in a Bible study, and I guess her feet was going back and forth. And I guess they had asphalt on the bottom of them. And when she left, of course, we didn't see it till it was all over and moved the chairs. Where she had sat, it was just black had been rubbed into the new carpet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know one time uh, we bought a refrigerator from a Christian man. Brand new refrigerator. Had just put down brand new vinyl flooring. And that Christian man delivered that refrigerator. And in a little town, you know, everybody knows you. Hallelujah. You know, in, in Tuscaloosa, you might could chew them out, rip them up, spit them out. And you might could get away with it. Nobody in town might ever know that you was the pastor out at the church. But in I guarantee you, in the town we were in, they'd have known. Well, that man, he ripped big old gouges in my vinyl, brand new vinyl floor. I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, if you'll trust me, I'll fix it. See, I've learned that there's nothing anybody could do to my stuff that God wouldn't fix and give me better. It took me a while to learn it. But I hold my stuff real loosely right now. There ain't nothing I have. There's, I tell the Lord, everyone, there's no ring. The, even, even the ones that I inherited. There's no, there's no bobble. There's no, you know, if you came over and your child, now I'm going to I try to, I think as stewards, we shouldn't just let children do things that are probably going to cause damage. But if somebody accidentally did something, if they turned over the whole china cabinet and emptied everything out of it, it was in pieces. It would bother me. It wouldn't bother me nothing. The worst thing that bothered me about the whole thing would be cleaning it up. Why? Because I hope, because God already, I already know that it's all His. And if anything gets taken out, He'll just give me something better. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And see, that's how as a soldier, you've got to be. You've got to hold your things loosely. Because soldiers aren't on the front lines thinking about some material. They're thinking about, I want to live. They're thinking about, I, wanna, I, I, I want to win. They're also thinking about winning. Not just surviving, not hiding behind a tree, surviving. If they're good soldiers, they're thinking, I want to win. Hallelujah. And if it costs everything to win, then that's, that'll be okay. Hallelujah. Because this is not where, you know, I'm getting blessings down here, but my reward's not down here. My reward is up there. Hallelujah. So he said there to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. Now I want you to turn over to uh, uh, actually uh, turn to uh, uh, Hebrews 10:32. We'll go there first. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, some Christians just act like they're surprised that uh, difficult and hard situations come. And they're, they're always being taken by surprise. Uh, when the end of, It's like, I just can't believe this is happening every time. Well, how many years are you going to have to be in this army before you figure out there's a devil that's opposing? See, it, the reason the problem is, is you are thinking somehow that when you got into the spirit-filled faith life, that it was going to cause you to never have a problem. You thought that one day, you were like me, one day I'm going to get so good at this that I'm going to be like Brother Copeland and never have a problem. That is actually what I thought. I thought him and Gloria did not have problems. And that one day I was going to get to uh, to a place where this was going to be so easy. And so I lived for a long time in a perpetual state of disillusionment. I was disillusioned all the time. It's like I can I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I get I get my faith on this and I get it working, and then the next thing I know, I have something else to use my faith on. And then I was like, okay, I get my faith on this and I get it working, and oh, here's something else to use my faith on. And I was like, what is wrong with me? But then I found out. This is a war. We're an army. There's nothing... You know, sometimes we think that the reason trials or things are coming our way is because we're doing something wrong. It's usually more because we're doing something right. And there's opposition. As When you're trying to take new ground in the Spirit, there's going to be opposition. If you just sit back and be a nominal Christian, go to church about once ever on Christmas and Easter, and... um. And uh, there there may not be quite as much opposition. Of course, you'll never do anything for God. You'll never attain anything with your faith. And if a severe trial ever comes, you won't have a clue to know what to do. You can just go ahead and just write you off. Because, you know, after the attack comes, it's usually too late to say, I think I'll go learn about faith. No, we're to be building our faith every day. We're we're to be taking new ground. In uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. He said after illumination or revelation came, you endured a great fight of affliction. I remember we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, we were just... We were bouncing off the walls. That was 1980. For about a year, it was like, oh my! It was like heaven. It was. It was like heaven. After about a year, the bubble we were in, God began to let us grow. Hallelujah! And and and, and revelation had brought a great fight of affliction. I've been resisting ever since. <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah! Don't be discouraged. Because there's a fight. See, Paul wouldn't have told Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier if there wasn't going to be hardness. If there wasn't going to be some hard situations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Of course, I will say, the you know, you get in practice at this resistance thing. You get better at it. You get where it doesn't bother you. You get where you can laugh at it more. Why? Because you already remember the two fights before that when you won both times. Hallelujah. You quit worrying about, am I gonna win this one? See, when you first start out, you're going, Am I gonna win or, or is the devil gonna is the devil gonna win? And so you're 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 a little bit concerned. But after two or three of these little skirmishes, you, you and you won both times. God always caused you to triumph in Christ. Uh you realize I'm gonna win. So you get where, oh, it's just the devil. Oh, well, it won't matter. You know, Eric just bought him a house and uh, and it was a fight. It was a fight. I mean, it was a fight. We had to fight to get financed. We had to fight them ever. I mean, we had to, you know, and sometimes, and you know, when you, it's always interesting when you have a realtor involved who doesn't understand faith because they're just, the, the realtor is just, oh, this isn't going to work, and he's just sweating bullets, you know, because, and, and we've been through this, because they're going to lose that commission. This thing is folding. Oh, I mean, you know this, and you know, In Eric's case, the people that he was buying the house from had bought a house from somebody who had bought a house. I mean, there was a chain reaction here, and it's all going to fold, this realtor thinks, you know. But we knew. Why? Because we bought so many houses, and we knew how the devil opposes when you're taking ground. See, especially even for him, because it was his first one. So the devil opposed it. The devil don't want you to own land. He don't want you to have real estate. He wants you to rent all your life. Because once you own land, you know you have a you have a say so in Tuscaloosa. There's a you know there's even a spiritual significance. Bless God. This belongs to me. Do Y'all hear what I'm saying? So the devil did, opposed it, and uh, uh, but you know we didn't even sweat. We didn't even think about it. We didn't even... It was like, oh, well, it'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. No big deal. It'll work out. And pastor would tell the realtor, oh, it'll work out. And he'd say, well, uh, what's your alternative plan? Well, it, it's going to work out. We just—it'll work out, you know. It'll work. And he's like, "Well, you know, I've got people asking me, and I've got, you know, and we had two or three realtors that were sweating over this one because, like I said, the chain thing." And you know, he's like, "Well, it'll work out. it Why? How did we know? Well, we had a confidence in God. Hallelujah. We had a confidence in God that God had led us and Him to do this." It's not orthodox for a 20-year-old to buy a house. I know that. It's got two years of college left. But we're not orthodox. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God was leading us. We knew it. We knew we had found the right house. We had worked on that for six months. We are so, it seemed like six months, seemed like forever, that we was looking for the right house, looking for the right house. But we were confident. We had it. We had it. We had it. And it was going to work out. And it's like, well, you know, you know, and it might not close. On It'll close. It'll close. You know, and you know what it did? It closed. Hallelujah. Well, you know, and you know, we weren't trying to do something we could do. We were trying to buy a house for a kid who had no money, had no credit. We were trying. Listen, anybody can do it with money and credit. Anybody can. It don't take a believer. It don't, it, sinners do it every day. See, some of you are letting things stop you because you go, Well, I don't have any money, so. I don't have any credit, so. Sinners buy with money and credit. But we do things when we can't, when, when people say we can't do them, we do them. Amen. Same with this church. We were trying to buy a new church building. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any money to put down. Nothing. We, we don't actually, the church didn't have really credit because when you're starting a new ministry, you can't get credit. They don't like churches very much. Credit people don't. But you don't want all these little storefronts that come and go in Tuscaloosa and everywhere else on earth. They don't like churches for that reason. Oh, they like you if you've been there 15 years. You know. But they don't. And so we're trying to buy a church, no credit. No money. But we sinners can do that. It ta- It's faith. So we kept saying we got a church building. We have a church building. So guess what we did? We bought a church building with no credit and no money and no signatures of church members. That's one rule Pastor and I have always had. We're not making... The, the church members are not going to sign. Hallelujah. So guess what? We did it. Same with this building back here. We broke ground. We don't have any money. We still, see, for five and a half years, Pastor and I have been carrying this church on our credit. And Eric on our credit. So our credit's kind of, ooh, heavy. I mean, we're, it's heavy. We've been believing. And so we've been believing lately get the church on their own credit. Hallelujah. Well, we got to buy a church building. Now they can establish some credit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So, Pastor and I don't have to support it on our credit. Everything we go to do. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, think about impossible things. Why do you need faith if you're going to do something anybody can do? Huh? What, what do you need faith for if you're not going to do something impossible? I, Pastor and I are always trying to do something impossible. And you know Pastor Webb told us he said, you know, there's always a way. We came to Birmingham and uh, we had we didn't even have a church then. We just quit our church in Texas. We had good credit history, but we didn't have a job. We well we said we told them, you know, we just formed our own nonprofit. We're a ministry now, Billings Ministries. They said, "Well, how old is that?" Well, it's a it's a month old. <laughs> Well, how much income do you have? Well, we hadn't had a meeting yet, so we don't have any income yet. But we need to buy a house in Birmingham. And so the, the realtor, remember Benny? She was just freaking out because here she's got a con. We did have $1,000 escrow money. We put $1,000 on a house. And so here's this realtor, and she's just, oh, God. And she, she gave up after the first like She took us to one credit place, I don't know, one mortgage place, and they said, man, we can't help you all. And so she gave up. She's like, and so it's just like, just sit over here, Benny, and we'll tell you when to show up at closing. And you can draw your commission, even though you didn't do nothing. (laughs) Except get the door open of the house. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's really true. And so we talked to Pastor Webb. He said, well, you know, we, we need to buy a house. We need a place to live. We don't have any credit for our ministry. And, uh, we didn't even have, we didn't have any, uh, what do you call that? Uh, we had no down payment because we didn't have any equity from our house because the house in Seminole had been a parsnip. And so, and, and so we just, this is, this is impossible. So Pastor Webb said, well, there's always a way. He said, get the phone book and start calling mortgage companies. So Pastor got the yellow pages in Birmingham and just starts going down the list, calling mortgage companies and talking to them. And finally just hit this guy named Phil. And, you know, told him our story. And he said, I want to help y'all. And guess what? It's history. We bought a house in Trustville. We was just there a year and a half. But we made like $25,000 profit in a year and a half. See, if you'll be led, and you you can do impossible things. You can do impossible things. I'm talking to y'all tonight. Hallelujah. I know that's not exactly on soldier stuff. I don't even know how we got here. Huh? But you can do impossible things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, there are students that went to Raymond Bible Training Center. And uh, they work the whole time. They work night and day. And they eat uh, Vienna sausages and macaroni and cheese to survive. And they work night and day. And when they leave there, they can't remember if they learned anything or not because they was always so tired at class. You know what I'm saying? But I know a couple of people that went to Ramah Bible Training Center and uh, they, uh, they didn't get a job. Yeah, I know one had four kids. They, You know, they had developed their faith already before they got there. And... Uh, they were able to do what God called them to do for that season. I'm not saying you can live without a job forever. That is not even God's way. That is not God's way. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Hallelujah. But they were working for God. They were on a mission. They were on assignment for God. And uh, so who says, who says you can't pay your rent if you don't have a job? You've got to be on assignment, though. you got to be on assignment. Hallelujah. You got to be, you got to know. Now, Hallelujah, and you have to have your faith developed too. Glory to God. And it can't just be one of these little but I don't want to work. You know, it can't be one of those things. It's got to be your own assignment for God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, praise God. See cuz it says there and uh, I think I'm already gone from 2 Timothy. But it says, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Hallelujah. It says, uh, No man that warreth uh, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may place him uh, that he chose him to be a soldier. That's not the one I was going to read, but I can't remember where the one. But there's a place that talks about that uh, no, no soldier pays his own way to go to war. Y'all can find that later, but there's a scripture that talks about, you know, when God sends you on assignment, when God sent us to Birmingham, it it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, it was no, it was expected that He would have to make the way, Amen. And you know, we I don't we didn't have our first meeting till May, so that was March, April with no salary. We had a meeting in May. I think we had maybe another one in June. Skip July. I, we had one in Arizona in June, and the offering was 200 and The house payment was 9 But you know, somehow, God made it. See, See, you get your mind unentangled from this stuff. Hallelujah. And get in faith. But make sure you're in the will of God. Make sure you're doing what He's told you to do. Hallelujah. Because He takes care of you when you do. Now, I want to point out one other thing. In Isaiah 41.10, I'm going to read it from the Amplified, and then we'll close down. Although I've got more notes, I can go longer if you'd like. But I, Eric I had to miss last week, and I called him on our way home. You know, we got out. What time did we get out last week? 6.45. 6.45. I was in, at home in my pajamas at 7.20. And... Uh, and so I called Eric on the way home and I said, you won't believe it. The only time you didn't come to church, we got out at 6.45. He said, I don't believe that. I said, I'm sorry, but it's true. We are out already. And he was just upset that he had missed the one time. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 41.10, you just listen to it in the Amplified. And, and go home and read it. in your Amplified if you have one. If you don't have an Amplified, you ought to buy one. Hallelujah. It says, Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. But he said, I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. See, if we get... ourselves lined up as a soldier, and, and you know, he said endure hardness as a good soldier. We God'll harden us to difficulties. Where hard situations do not prop do not have are not a problem for us. He will harden us to difficulties. You know, um this is a little personal, but I'm not bashful, so I hope you aren't. I'm not real modest. I mean I'm not I'm just not afraid to talk about things let me say that so I'll talk about this but we went to Russia in 1993 and all my life I've been uh, not tough as far as a physical sense I've never been tough as far as camp out and go rough it and tough it out I'm going to tell you kind of in not graphic terms but I'm going to tell you I need a potty (laughs) This woodsy stuff is not Miss Debbie. Amen. Amen. Somebody else is that way too. It's like, no, we need, even when we camped in the little fold out camper, we had a porta potty. Amen. Praise God. Uh, and so, but they wouldn't let me take my porta potty to Russia. And in Russia, bathrooms are different. Like a lot of places, there just isn't any and some places they don't have commodes they got a hole in the floor with a used piece of toilet paper hanging by the side oh well don't worry i had my own toilet paper packed <laughs> i mean we had suitca- we you, they tell you to take the cardboard out and then smash it you can take the cardboard roller out and you can smash those rolls pretty flat and i had quiet, i was had a supply in my suitcase hallelujah <laughs> skip the clothes skip clothes I'll, if you ever go to Russia let me tell you what to take food and <laughs> water food, water and uh, toilet paper Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway so uh, I didn't really know this about Russia I mean I knew it was going to be not the same but I didn't have any idea it was going to be like that and I didn't. pastor didn't give me a choice. He said, we're supposed to go. I said, okay, we're supposed to go. And I said, okay, but I'm not going on the other side of the world without my two kids. Now, you can say this in faith if you want to, and it probably wasn't, but that's where I was at that time in my life, 93. I said, listen, if we get stuck over there and we have to live there the rest of our lives, I want my kids with me. So I'm not going on this missions trip without my kids. And that was another $3,000 for them to go. So it's like, fine, you make us go, but you've got to believe three more thousand dollars in because my kids are going. And so uh, uh, I know I, y'all don't think I like them, but I really do because <laughs> I pick on them all the time. And uh, so anyway, so we went. and uh, But anyway, I right before we left, like a couple of hours even, before they took us to the airport, God gave me this scripture, Isaiah 41.10 in the Amplified. It says, uh, I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. And you know, boy, I tell you, it, anointing came on me. Well, we went, holes and floors, that's no problem. We went on a trip from Moscow to Kovrov, and it was eight hours in the bus, and there's no bathroom in between. And uh, they stopped the bus one time. Well, actually, there was kind of a bathroom there, but our leader, Miss, uh, Miss Sue, I think that was her name. Sister Sue, they called her. She went out, and she said, ladies, I'm going to go check it out. So she went, and she looked in that bathroom, and she said, to the woods. She knew that no American woman could use that bathroom. And so we went to the woods. I mean, I was just a camping I mean, and you know, I really, here's the thing is, I thought I'd changed. I really thought i had changed. I thought, man, I am, all all this wimpiness I've had all my life, I am, I'm good. I mean, all of a sudden, I am tough. I am so tough. But you know, when I got back to the United States, it just all lifted off of me. And I went back to being uh, uh, not tough. My dad always said, Debbie, you couldn't have been a pioneer he said it this way you're not pioneer stock that's what he always said but i'm tougher than he thinks tough in spiritual ways not necessarily in physical ways hallelujah but anyway my point is this god will harden you to the difficult situations that you have to that you have to encounter hallelujah he if he sends you to russia you'll go and you'll go this isn't hard like people that live over there. You go, this isn't hard. And, you know, the, while we were over there, we we met a pastor. They were from, I think, Louisiana. But they were then now pastoring in Russia. And they had uh, two kids and she was pregnant. And I'm like, I, I don't know how they live here. Because, you know, it's just not normal. Grocery shopping is an all-day thing. Because you've got to go to a shop and get eggs. Then you've got to go to a little shop and get this and you got to go to another little shop and get that because nobody there's n- it's just everything is backwards everything's cursed if you want to know it's the curse is there it does not it's not like this and uh it's like how did they do it and and you know they were just like oh we just love it over here and you know they would get hungry for mexican food and there's no lettuce there was no lettuce in their town you couldn't buy lettuce but you could buy cabbage so they would chop the cabbage and make tacos with cabbage And they just thought it tasted good. Why? Because Isaiah 41.10, God had hardened them to difficulties so that they didn't even know they were having difficulties. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. No matter even, you don't even have to go to the mission field to Russia to experience this. If you've got a difficult situation right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, God will harden you to the difficulties that you're in where it don't even seem difficult. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, we look back on a lot of things in our lives and go, well, how would we do that? How would we stand that? We, uh, lots of things. How did we endure that? God hardened us to difficulties. Because, see, if you enlist in His army and you be a good soldier, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, sometimes you may look around at somebody in this room and say, man, how do they stand that? How do they live in that situation they're in? And they're living in it in the grace of God. Amen. Well, let's stand up together. And why don't we just let that grace come on us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.